Welcome to the Velvet Room. We are delighted to make your acquaintance. This podcast exists between dream and reality, mind and matter. It is a show that only those who are bound by a contract may listen to. My name is Gord. And my name is Justin. And we are residents of this place. This is Golden Pages Podcast. Welcome to the flagship episode. Yes, this is our first episode of a new podcast from All Father Productions covering Persona 4 Golden. So let's let's uh, let's do some quick background on this video game. Persona 4 is a video game released by Atlas in the year 2008 for the PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. that was remade for the PlayStation Vita in uh, 2012. Yes, 2012. We are playing this updated remade version. It has rebalanced the combat and mechanics of the game. It adds a significant amount of new story characters and RPG elements. Hmm. And it is generally considered to be the definitive version of this very popular title. And now you've played this before. Yes, I played through this game maybe two or three years ago. And I, I did not play the original. I've only played Golden, hmm. uh, but I, I've there is no reason to go back. Yeah, I on the other hand have never played, so I'm experiencing it all for the first time. I'll be the uh, the yes. audience insert here. This is your first ever Persona game. Yeah, uh, it's this was my second. I played. Oh, I guess you played five first. No, I played three. I did not finish three mm. before I started four. I because three I have on console. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to go on a trip, and I had four on PS Vita. So I, I started four while I was on my trip, while I was away from my uh, PlayStation at my house, and finished it while I was on my trip. I played maybe half an hour of a Devil Survivor game, and that's related somehow? Yes, Persona and Devil Survivor are both titles in the larger Shin Megami Tensei franchise. They are both spin-offs. Although, at this point, the popularity of Persona has eclipsed that of the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games. Mm -hmm. So, it is, although it is still technically a spin-off, it is by far the more more popular title. So, this is a, this game, how would you describe the the genre of this game? Fusion. That's an important word for this game. (laughs) (laughs) What do you you mean, why don't don't you unpack that a bit? Uh, Well, uh, I mean... uh... You take two very different styles of game and you uh, meld them into one. This is a virtual novel. Mm, I don't know. Is harem the right word? Uh, Dating sim? No. (laughs) No. Yeah, it's definitely got dating sim elements, although the majority of people you interact with on a very deep personal level are not people that you can date. No. It's more of a relationship sim. Yeah, it's it's a life simulator. It's very similar to uh, the style of game that Bioware makes, mm. except for the combat. In that you you have a, a large cast of characters that you get to know on a deep personal level over the span of the however many hours it takes you to finish the game. So that's half half of the game, right? And then uh, yeah, so it's the uh, the visual novel, and the other half is uh, just dumps you into a hmm, Kingdom Hearts alike. Uh, no, I guess it's more about Tales alike. Tales is real-time combat. Mm. And so is Kingdom Hearts. It's, Earthbound. It's li- Earthbound. I mean, it's just a straight-up JRPG <laughs> combat. 
Right, but it's got the the bit where you're running around third person, uh, and you can hit a generic monster shape to get a sneak attack. Or... Yes. So the 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 game is a JRPG with procedurally generated dungeons, mm-hmm. and anytime you, you you can see, although you can see the monsters on the field when you hit them, it goes into a normal JRPG yeah. battle sequence. Turn based, pretty standard attack spell run it's somewhat it it shares some similarities with golden sun mm-hmm. in terms of your you've you've got this other aspect to your characters that influences the combat we'll we'll get into that when we uh sort of in this initial overview but first let's let's talk about the the first of those two types of games the you know overall i guess it's more than a visual novel because you do walk around and like go to shops and stuff it's more of an adventure game yeah right it's it's like like almost like a, a telltale game or a LucasArts game in that you're you're exploring a set space and there are no puzzles but it is primarily conversation that you're that you're doing so once you actually get to the 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 free roam segment of the game uh, the first little while is just uh, pretty heavily railroaded. Your day is split up into these discrete chunks, and you get to decide what goes in those chunks. And the entire game takes place over the span of a calendar year, you, and you play through almost every single day. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the day is divided into usually there's like a, a short cutscene in the morning, and then. You go to you are because you're a, a Japanese high schooler. You go to school most days. There's school. Sometimes you actually have to play through those classes, and sometimes you don't. But j- unless there is a story beat that is going on that day, mm-hmm. after school you choose how to spend your the rest of your day, and then you choose how to spend your time in the evening. And you have a wide variety of choices to pick from. Some of them, both of those. Some of them are mutually exclusive. For example, yes. uh if you go do the uh, the RPG part, you are just too tired to do much of anything in the evening. That aside, you generally have two things a, do, a day that you can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of things open up for you, a lot of opportunities. You can uh, sign up for some part-time jobs. You can sign up for some school clubs. Yep. You can spend time with your friends. Mm-hmm. You can uh, do side quests. You can go shopping. You can... Yeah, shopping doesn't take time, thankfully. You can eat some steak. Yes, eating does take time. And the the goal of all of these things is to build up your character to per, uh, perform more powerfully in the RPG segment. Mm-hmm. The idea is the more you build these relationships with people, the fuller you become as a person. And that yes. has direct uh, correlation to... How hard do you hit things with the fake sword? <laughs> oh, it's a real sword. <laughs> uh, I'm still uh, using the... the uh, gotta go get that blacksmith to forge you a sword. Decorative katana. <laughs> yeah. So you have five stats in this game that pertain to your social skills. They are... Expression, courage, knowledge, understanding, and uh, diligence. And you raise these by, you know, studying for your classes raises knowledge, acting certain ways with your friends, 
doing part-time jobs. Almost everything you do in the life segment of this game feeds into these stats in some way, and there are many activities out in the world that are gated by having a stat of a certain level or higher. For example, you can't explore the shrine at night without enough courage. Right. Or you can't take certain jobs if you aren't diligent enough. (laughs) Which you can build up by making thousands of paper cranes. No, I guess it was, you've got to make the envelopes to have enough diligence to be able to sit down and make some cranes. Yep. Also, it gates uh, certain conversation options that you can have with your friends or even the ability to relate to your friends more strongly Mm -hmm. can be gated by this. That's basically the the social portion of this game and how it functions. Mm -hmm. Go, Go through every day. On the flip side of that is the combat RPG portion, like we said earlier, uh, where you move through procedurally generated dungeons doing JRPG combat, uh, leveling up very, very standard stuff. The thing that bridges the two of these is the pers- the titular persona system, <laughs> <laughs> where based on uh, sort of Carl Jung's ideas about masks and social faces you tap into various versions of yourself. There are, I think, like two or three hundred of them. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these are a bit of a stretch. I mean, like, you know, this this persona that you can put on is a goblin that deals fire damage. That doesn't really... I don't think that translates back very well. What do you mean? I like, you know... uh, Am I acting like, uh, what, what was that slug's name? The, the initial chariot persona. Mara? <laughs> Am I, is this, is this how people see me as, uh, as the, uh, as Lilith? No, the, as Angel? No, as... The, so those are not how people see you specifically. They are drawn from the Jungian collective unconscious. So they are ideas that have, that exist for all of humanity. Hmm. And if you go into the Persona Compendium, which is a list of all of the personas that you've collected in the game, you can read where the origin of that particular persona in whatever mythology that they drew it from is. Hmm. They all have it all it tells what all of their backstories. And so almost every persona is based on some character or mythological concept. So like a succubus or a slime ball or a, a ghost. Or Jack Frost. Yeah, like, right. Who is <laughs> Uh, who who is like a, a Western, I guess, more more Western character, or, and even some characters from literature, like uh, Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yep. Anything that has sufficiently penetrated into the collective unconscious of uh, humanity mm. has the potential to show up here. And these only apply to you, the main character, right? Uh, because you have this special ability called Wild Card. Now, I I, right. I think that that is because you are brand new in town and you don't have any mm, assumptions that you feel like you need to meet. Right. Nobody has any uh, existing notions about who you are, so you are a cipher that can put on any face. I think that's uh, very satisfying. Uh, what's the word? Yeah. Ludonarratively. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas all of your party members are confined to always using the same persona. Now, because they are they they live they have lived in this town for a long time. I think they are much more interesting because you get to explore those more instead of just generic goblin, generic horseman, generic knight. 
they're not all generic, right? Like they oh, they sure. are all specific characters. Right. Like from from mythology. But those don't represent you to the degree that uh Shadow Chie does. Uh yeah, only your first one does. Mm-hmm. He's a Nagi. Your your very first uh, uh persona. Oh, you mean my my very first fusion? Uh yeah, you probably fused him <laughs> at some point. But he Izanagi is is your persona in the way that uh the other characters ne- never change. The personas in uh you as a character only have health and magic, like MP. Those are your only two base stats mm-hmm. for combat. Every other stat, attack, defense, magic, strength, uh, is inherited from whatever your persona has, as well as all of your spells are inherited by whatever spells your persona knows. Which are gated by your level. And you could have up to 12. Right. So as you play and level up your character, if you level up your character, all you get is more health and more MP. If you... But your persona gains experience as if it were a separate party member. And similarly, we'll learn new spells and new, uh, and raise its stats. However, personas do have a cap where they, they will continue to gain stats, but they will stop learning spells. And you will want to either for, forget them or fuse them with other weaker personas to become stronger personas that can learn higher level spells. So, that's the combat system, in a nutshell. Uh, the the I guess the only other twist that I can think of on the system is that enemies have elemental weaknesses, and if you hit their elemental weakness, it will knock them down. Mm. And if you knock down the entire enemy party, you get a huge your your entire party gets a free attack on them. And knocking an enemy down gives the character who knocked them down uh, an extra attack, and you can chain that yes, for as long f- as you have enemies. Yep, you got a free turn. Which is, so, knowing and exploiting enemy weaknesses is sort of the key to combat here. That's also uh, that also comes into play in the uh, what do you call it shuffle shuffle time in the the yes. little mini game for item yes. drops. Sometimes sometimes when you win you get bonus loot and, and uh, you, you, it shows you a bunch of tarot cards that you can pick from. Picking those in just the right order can lead to. Uh, comboing that system yes additional additional loot this system also works against you your character your persona will have an elemental weakness and if an enemy hits you you will get knocked down yep and potentially lose a turn so this is a this is a two-way street now your uh, your allies can't just take their personas off so if you're in a fight where you can predict the uh, elemental damages you can't just uh, swap them out to better face that damage. Yeah, you can swap your persona mid-fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. To avoid uh, uh, having a guy who's weak to a certain element. If you if you enter a fight and realize you're at a disadvantage, I think but only your what, main, only the protagonist can do that. Also, once per turn, if the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, no, only you can do it as many times per turn as you want until you take an action that's not swapping your persona. So, like, if you hit the wrong one by mistake, you can open that menu back oh. up and swap to the other one. Huh. I did that by mistake, and I couldn't. Um, I'll uh, I'll watch out for that. May- maybe that's only in five. It's definitely mm. just, like, a quality of life thing. Yeah. Um, also, if your protagonist goes down, it is game over. It does not matter if the rest of your party is alive. So, uh, you want to use all of those evasion skills on that guy. Keep him at high health. Right. Yep. 
Because at, as long as he's alive, you can use items to revive everybody else. Right, or spells. Yeah. He, you can learn, you know, revive magic and all this stuff. It's very much a JRPG, mm-hmm. despite all of these sort of flourishes that it does. Um, so those are the two those are the two like big ideas about this game. Uh, the life sim JRPG. So do you have do you have anything else you want to mention here before we sort of get into the specifics we're covering today? Uh, April 11th through April 29th, which is the end of the first main dungeon. There's one interaction between systems that I think is uh, interesting. We touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. having a persona of a certain type, and there's uh, one for each uh, tarot card. Yes, every card in the, uh, I guess not every card, but almost every card in the Major Arcana is uh, associated with, a, with every person is associated with one of those. And there's, I think, probably exactly one uh, person out in the world that you can build a relationship with of that alignment. Yes. And uh, so going to hang out with them after school or whatever it is that uh, storyline requires will make it so that you can build fuse stronger personas of that type. Yes. Which so I, th- say- I think translates into just a, a, a big old dump of experience right off the bat, which means that you yes. come in at an advantage. Yes. So when you, so when you are making a new persona, there's a, there's an entire, it's, it's the closest thing that this game has to a crafting system where you fuse two personas together to get a new one. Um, say you, say you're making a, a persona of the chariot arcana. If you have a strong relationship with the person who is the Chariot Arcana NPC, your persona will begin at a higher level than it otherwise would. Similarly, when you're hanging out with that person, if you possess a persona that matches their Arcana, uh, your friendship will level faster. Oh, I think I read that message, but misinterpreted it. Yeah, it's it, it will tell you. It'll be like because you have a persona of the Arcana, whatever uh, you feel like you could grow much more closer to them than normal. Yeah, I read that as becoming closer to this person will strengthen your persona. They, well, they're both true, cool. potentially. But uh, all, so your your goal is to always have a persona of the per, of the type that matches whoever whomever you're hanging out with. This is not always feasible because. You can only, at the very most, you can only ever hold 12 personas, and there are like 25 people that hmm. you can hang out with. I was, I was very glad to reach level whatever that brought that maximum up from, yep. I guess, six to eight. Yep. So, you wanna, wanna get into the story here? Yeah. Yeah, so, game starts out, uh, much like this podcast did, with a strange man and a woman. Uh, talking to you in a, saying that you are a, in a room that is breathing. Lim- well, it's a limousine. Yeah, you're you're in a limit. You're this blue plush limousine. And they say that you're going to enter into a contract and that the next year of your life will determine your fate. Presumably, this is a dream, but you are also traveling at the time, so it's maybe a metaphor for uh, changing places. Yes. I don't know whether they expected people to be coming into this having played Persona 1, 2, or 3 before. This was... Every Persona is just 
exponentially more popular than the prior one. <laughs> so this is a place that, it, that is consistently uh, appeared in every single game across the, the series. It is called the Velvet Room. This is where you go to craft your personas, uh, and the man who runs it is named Igor. Mm-hmm. He has... Uh, the Velvet Room looks different in every single game. Uh-huh. It matches the situation and needs of the guest that is visiting it. So in this game, it is, because you are on a journey, it has taken the form of a limousine. Cool. For example, in Persona 3, because the game is centered around climbing a tower, Velvet Room is an elevator. In Handy. Persona 5, uh, which is based around liberating yourself from bonds, it is a prison. Hmm. So it 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 is a it, it serves as a visual metaphor for one of some of the game's themes. So they ask you what your name is. The the canon name for the protagonist is Yu Narukami, but you can pick whatever you want. And they tell you that you will meet them again soon, and then you wake up on a train. Yeah, a train. It's much less fancy than the limousine that they get, <laughs> but you are still. A, why are you on a train? So your parents are on an overseas business trip for a year, and you're going to stay with your uncle and uh, cousin in this this backwoods town in backwoods Japan. Yeah, you're moving from the I, I presumably Tokyo, right? That's that's the impression that I got. They they don't tell you exactly where it is, but they keep saying the, <laughs> the big city. city. Yeah, so, so to Inaba, which is a fictional town in the middle of nowhere. I want to know if. That's based on the word Inaka, which means the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it could be. It just, it, it sounds a little McDonald's-y. In any case, it's, the, it's a town where nothing happens. The, uh, it is based off of the town of Fufuki okay. in the Yamanashi Prefecture in Japan, which is, uh, I guess, similarly in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been there. This is a town where nothing happens. And then there's some murders. Yes, so we'll, we'll we'll get there. So you meet some people who you don't you don't have any idea how to associate any level of importance to them, except that they are very colorfully designed. So probably you know. Well, no, you, you, main you get off characters. the train. Like you get off the train, and you the first thing you meet is this weird girl uh, with a with a cool hat, and you you talk with her like very briefly before your uncle shows up with your cousin. And so you have not met your uncle for, like, since you were really little, right? He says, like, I've, you know, you've, you've really grown or something like that. Yeah. He says he says something that could be interpreted as he hasn't seen you since you were a baby, but I think that it's more, I still remember when you were a baby. Yeah, I think, because I think that you, you say something about, like, it's been a while, indicating that you've met him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your cousin, Nanako. So your, your uncle's name is uh, Ryotaro Dojima. And your cousin is Nanako Dojima. And she is very shy. And your your uncle is a very typical beat cop detective crime novel yes. character. Hardened. Yeah, he's... Too old for this nonsense. He's... he's uh, I guess he's not a loose cannon, but he does get results. <laughs> he's very by the book. I don't know. He, he hasn't gotten any results yet at the point of the game that I uh, left off. So what he you, he uh, he grabs your you get you get you get your bags together and you jump in his car, stop for gas along the way, meet the the gas station attendant, and uh, then it's getting really granular here. 
I mean, these are the things that happen. <laughs> and then you, you finally arrive at the house. This is where you're going to spend the next year of your life. And you get a whole room to yourself. It's not much. It's not really decorated at all. It's like a futon and a desk. Wire <laughs> uh, shelf. Table. Yeah. You get your own TV. That's true. That's huge. This game is set in 2011, hmm. so you still have an old CRT. <laughs> What if you got it from? What if they got it from Mr. Braun? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> and, the, and then you start going to school at the Inaba High School. Yep. This is where you you meet those colorful characters that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So uh, your first day, you you're uh, walking to school when a guy on a bike zooms by and crashes and <laughs> ends up inside of a trash can. This is the recurring theme. <laughs> Surprisingly coldly. You approach him, decide that you don't care enough, and just keep walking. It, yeah. There are some points in this game where your character's actions are dictated for you. For example, like, oh, you decide that uh, you're going to just keep walking. Yeah. This guy's clearly a weirdo, and you don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> yeah. So you get into your, your homeroom and discover you've got the world's worst homeroom teacher. Ah. I think every teacher in this game is the worst teacher. No, you're the Mr. Moraoka is definitely the worst because he loves to lecture your, the students about uh, their sexuality. All, yeah, about how they're all perverts. Yeah, and how he's going to get them expelled. Yeah, if they so much as talk to anybody of the opposite gender. I wonder if uh, what if he's projecting at all. The rest of the teachers at the school are weird and eccentric, but they're not. Problematic. Over the top horrible. Yeah. Hmm. Well, most of the time they're not. <laughs> there are a couple other yeah. problematic teachers, yeah. but they skew pretty okay. Hmm. I'd say that the average is better than than uh, than this guy, who is always bad. Yeah. The students call him King Moron. I don't know. He he does do that one oddball left field nice thing for you in the middle of the night at a gas station. Just gives you the school jersey. I don't know why it had to yeah, be then. It's yeah, never been mentioned uniform. since. Yeah. And he was with another student at that point, too. Yeah. He was with some, some girl. Oh, was I, like, I wonder if you were I just his like, excuse. Like, oh, I, I had to be here anyway to give this uniform to the new kid. I don't know. He did say that he was planning on dropping it off at your house, but that he got sidetracked or something and had to call you. Escort the girl to her home. Yeah. I don't like this guy. No. Nobody else does either. You're not supposed to. But you do meet your classmates, including uh, the the guy who was at Trash Can, <laughs> Yosuke Hanamura. What, are, what were your, So you're, you're playing this for the first time. What were your impressions? Of, uh, as, as we, I'd like to hear your impressions of each of these characters as we, <laughs> as we bring them up. So like, what, what do you think of Yosuke so far? Oh, man. I'm going to go talk to him. Oh, I, I can't. I, okay. I don't mean like right now. What were you thinking? Like, what are your so like? Given that you've only played to the thirtieth, which is where this episode ends, right? Where what are your impressions of Yosuke as a character? Uh, I think he's um, fun, lively. He's from the big city as well, and he is tired of being cooped up in this backwoods town. I guess I've seen his darkest inner self that he's most ashamed of, uh, which is just. That he wants life to be more exciting than it is. Yep, he moved here just like was it like six months ago mm-hmm. or so? I think they said because his father manages the new department store 
in this town that is driving all of the local businesses out of business. Uh, that it is called Juness. And possibly hypnotizing the locals into tossing themselves into this dark underworld. Uh, po- possibly. <laughs> Every day's great at your Juness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Juness has very, very catchy commercials, and your your younger your little cousin Nanako loves it to sing their jingles. It's weird. Every day's great at your Juness. It's weird. Uh, it's a, it's adorable. <laughs> okay, that's it, I've built this whole fiction around this this whole fantasy around Juness and their hypnotizing jingle, but like that's exactly how it is in Japan. Uh, uh, this uh, Inai has this this song about fish. You walk in and they've got the the fish corner, uh, and they've got this speaker playing this twenty second song on loop about fish. It goes fish, 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 and it's very catchy, and it will never be out of your head. And then there's a uh, Marui has the same thing. Marui. Yeah, so how, you know, given given your own experience living in the middle of nowhere in Japan <laughs> for y- years at a time, how does Inaba, like, does did this feel very familiar to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's surprising how spot on, I mean, I guess it's not surprising, but like, you'll watch, you'll watch an anime and you'll say, hey, I've been to a place that's exactly like that because they build them the same way all over Japan. Like the, uh. The floodplains, the the sidewalls of every single ditch, every single waterway has these concrete slabs with a diamond pattern on them uh, at a, like a, oh, I don't know, what's that, like a 60 degree angle to, uh, to channel all of the water to where they want it going. And like half of the, uh, half of all anime out there, and certainly this video game, uh, has... Scenes where you're uh, walking up and down the dry bottom of one of these. Yep. And uh, I guess the, the the summertime cicada thing is also just this deep cultural hook. Anytime you see, anytime you hear that, you're immediately back there. And there's a uh, there's just there are so many details here. There's the the uh, the main street with some closed shops. Uh, there's just a, a rice paddy in between two shops on Main Street. There's the street that ends in uh, a big old field. There's just basic architecture, like the uh, the front of the steakhouse is very reminiscent. And the uh, the overall atmosphere, where everyone is sort of apologetic for this this small town where their their delicacy is steak croquettes or whatever. Not like not like the the big city. Steak skewers. Yeah. The second person in your class is uh, a green jacket-wearing girl who loves kung fu. That's the first thing that you learn about her. <laughs> she, is, she is in a fight with Yosuke, who borrowed one of her kung fu DVDs and uh, broke it. How do you break a DVD? Uh, like you have, to, have you ever tried to snap it? Yeah, I know exactly how he out? broke it. It's really hard. He had it in his jacket pocket, and he wiped out on his bike. <laughs> It was, but it was in the case. Yep. Right. Yeah. He, man, it's real. I mean, I guess no. He, he put it in the microwave. That's what he did, right? He's just like, oh no, this 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 needs to be very slightly warmer. Not knowing that if you put a CD in the microwave, 
for a quarter of a second, it breaks in half. Yeah. Yeah, so Chie, she wears bright green. She's got a jacket with pins on it. She's very punchy, personality-wise. Yeah, she's a very peppy character. Mm-hmm. And she's paired with a uh, quiet, mousy character who's sort of always in her wake. Yes, who wears red. Oh, oh man, you're, you're making me think that the, the colors are significant. So this, this, this her, her best friend is Yukiko Amagi. Yukiko is notable because her family runs an inn that is like one of the big tourist attractions in this town. It's a traditional Japanese inn. And their onsen has radium. She is set to inherit it. It has hot springs. Uh, and she is also, the game tells us, like, notably beautiful. All of the guys are after Yukiko. And she's not interested in any of them. Right. Yeah, she's, she's not a person who wants to date. But everybody wants to date her. Um, and she will often, like, miss school to help out at the inn because it is so much work for her family. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressure on her. Whereas Chie is just, like, normal Japanese schoolgirl with no sp- special background. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember if I know, I, if I even know where she lives or who her family is. Um, I don't know if you do at this point, but, like... She lives on the, the- roof of the school. <laughs> There's nothing special there. It's just like, mm. she's got a dog, she's got a family, and she's got a dog, you know? Like, she is just a, she's just a, a person yeah. in the school with no, no notable backstory. Now, these two characters have uh, an interesting dynamic that uh, becomes a lot more significant the more you play the game. These are the sort of, these are, these are your classmates that you start hanging out with and spending time with. In the sort of larger world, while you are moving in and meeting people, uh, there is this scandal going on, this media scandal about a television announcer who was it? She she was in a, a divorce proceedings with her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Because of an affair that has gone public, and just as this is all over the news, she is found dead in Inaba, hanging upside down from uh, what was it? Telephone pole. Yeah, something like that. Uh, they say it's an antenna, but okay. it, yeah, well, not, right. she looks like a telephone pole. Yeah, and this because this is a town where nothing ever happens. Things are plunged into chaos. There's your and, and, and your your uncle is put on this case as sort of the lead investigator to find out is this a murder? What is going on? And uh, he doesn't find anything out. Well, not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> the I guess the other classmate that you meet is uh, your uh, an upperclassman who works at Juness with Yosuke, named Saki. And it is clear that Yosuke has it bad for her. Hmm. He is he is super into her, and she is nice to him, but she does not seem to be interested in the same. No. These two bubbles, I guess, the, the wider media bubble and the school bubble collide because Saki is the one who discovers the body of television announcer. There is also a rumor going around the school... So there's this urban legend where yeah. on a rainy night, if you turn off your television at exactly midnight and you look into the screen, you will see the face of the person you are destined to be with. Yes, everybody wants to meet their soulmate <laughs> by watching what they call the Midnight Channel. And because it rains a lot in Inaba, uh, you, you decide with all of your friends to see if this urban legend is true at all. Now this is a this is a pretty standard persona opening. Several there are, this is not the first persona game to open with investigating a, an urban legend. Hmm. 
literally the first thing that you do in Persona 1 is uh, do Bloody Mary, but instead of Bloody Mary, you say... <laughs> Jack Frost, Jack of, Frost, Jack Frost. No, you, just, no, you say Persona. Hmm. Um, so this is this is a, a tried-and-true Persona franchise tradition. Your, uh, your character goes along with it surprisingly quickly. Yeah, there's like, yeah, why not? Hmm. Uh, so you, you wait, stay up until midnight and watch your TV only to discover... That it's true. Hmm. You can't you can't make out who it is on the television. It's it's too it's too fuzzy. It's like too staticky. You reach out to touch the TV, and your hand gets sucked into it, and your your like the, your entire body and torso starts getting pulled in before <laughs> you can pull you pull yourself. I guess before you can extricate yourself because the television is small. But it's a weird experience, and you resolve to tell your friends about it the next day. Yosuke makes a joke about how, of course, that happened. You, uh, the TV was too small for you to go all the way through. That's exactly how that would work. He also is like, uh, they are all very skeptical when you tell them that your <laughs> hand got sucked into the TV. And Saki's gone missing. Yes. But you got nothing better to do after school, so you go to Juness to the electrics department, where, electronics department, where... This, this, was, a, this was a really decent reveal. This, uh, this surprise moment. Because they all have, they have the huge flat screen TVs there. Which in 2011, like, these were a big deal. Like, this was, these were very expensive. <laughs> I guess they still are, but you're not gonna, most people's home, homes don't have CRTs anymore at this point, I guess. I took a picture of the screen where uh, Chie is asking who the heck has a screen like this on this screen like that that I was playing the game on on my uh, PSTV. They're they're laughing at you. They, they they both try to stick their hand inside of the TV and it doesn't work and they're la- looking at the TVs and you just sort of stick your arm right up all the way there. <laughs> Yosuke sees you first because they split off to uh, talk about something else. And then uh, Chie starts talking and then trails off seeing Yosuke's re- reaction. And she turns around and they're both surprised to find out that you were telling the truth, and you, the player, are also pretty surprised. I guess we didn't know the conditions yet, but it turns out that you can just climb into any television that he feels like. Yep, and they are so freaked out that they start running around in circles, and one of them trips, and you all fall <laughs> into the TV. That's weird in there. It's like a, a television set in there. Mm-hmm. Um, not not like a TV set that you watch, but like a like a filming like a like a soundstage. Yeah. And it's really foggy, and you get you wander around for a while. You find a strange room with a bunch of posters and a, a noose and a, like a chair, like someone's going to hang themselves. It's it's weird and scary, and just as things look like they are about to end up, just you're never going to get out of here. A mascot character. Hmm. He's he's pretty on the nose, mascot wise. He's a he's a bear, but he's like not. If you think of, if somebody says bear, the first thing that comes to your mind is not what it, this guy looks like. No, he's like a giant pill. He's more like Pac Man with arms and legs, and maybe he's stretched vertically. He he's like a weird like 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 a costumed character from a from a theme park mm-hmm. version of a bear. Uh, at, uh, at one point, Yosuke grabs his head, which is very 
clearly held off by the zipper. zipper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yanks it off, and there's just nothing inside. It's just this inky blackness. Yeah, like, ah! <laughs> and he picks up his head and puts it back on. <laughs> he's, he's very mad at you for coming here. He says, people have been getting thrown in here, and it's disturbing the peace. He just wants to live here quietly. He's... And he doesn't know what's going this, on. In this peaceful land with kind inhabitants. Yeah, and he says, he mentions that, uh, well, does he, he, I think he mentioned shadows at this point, right? Or is that not until the next trip? Mm. Um, either way, he, he says, I'll get you out of here. And he summons a stack of televisions and shoves <laughs> you through of them. And you emerge back into Juness, baffled. And then you go back to school. Well, I guess you go sleep it off and then wake up and go to school and answer some trivia questions and then... Meet up with your friends again for more Scooby-Doo yeah, detective you decide, work. Yeah, because at this point you've discovered that Saki has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier. It's it's bet- it's after you go here. Um, and do you? I think you watch the the midnight. Oh no, she she. You go to school the next day and you're told that she's died. Mm-hmm. Right? They found her early this morning hanging from a telephone pole. This one was the telephone pole. The first one was the end. And you sort of talk it over and figure out that the person that you saw on the Midnight Channel was Saki. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, you, you figured that out. And so you think, what, what, does the li- what is the link between the TV and the Midnight Channel and the weird world inside of your TV and the murders that are going on? You and Yosuke resolve to go back to the TV world and question the bear about what's going on. And Shie is very against this. But they bring a rope. Yes, you tie a rope around yourself as a, <laughs> as a safety line. It does not work. Yeah, it immediately snaps as soon as you go into the TV. Uh, you bring weapons with you. You bring like a, like a golf club uh, and swords. The police... Uh, hmm. the poli- no, I guess that's not, it's not this time. It's the next time. But you, the police are not, are not stupid in this town. So walking around with weapons is like not a... Uh, not a thing that you want to do uh, Yosuke, regularly. In typical goofball character fashion is just swinging these replica weapons around. So you go back in there and you question Teddy. And he says he doesn't know what you're talking about, but somebody was thrown in and he'll take you to where they were. You end up in a weird, like, haunted version of the main town shopping district. And there's this doorway with this uh, uh, very iconic color scheme with this crimson red and black uh i guess it's not spiraling uh concentric circles moving outwards yeah and, and it is teddy tells you about the into, shadows yeah so this it, it's leading into the like weird shadow world version of the liquor store that saki's parents own which is being squeezed by juness mm-hmm so you get i think and your so, first combat except for the the weird fog combat in the intro yes Against some shadows. And shadows are the manifestation of people's unconscious desires and sort of feelings. I think they used to be people, right? And they've just been reduced to that? No, no. They're from the same... So this is, this is from Jungian psychology. Like, mm. the shadow and the persona are two sides of the same thing. Yeah. So these are... So you, you go into the liquor store and you hear... Act like echoes of what people think about Saki and how they're so disgusted with her for working at Juness when her parents are nearly run out of business by them. 
This is a recurring theme. Yep. Just uh, town-wide. There's, there's real resentment towards the department store, even though everybody shops there because their prices are great hmm. and their selection is huge. It's sort of like a, a begrudging thing. And then you hear what Saki thinks about Yosuke. And Yosuke is not her, real. Her. Yeah, she does not like him. She says she's just sucking up to him because he's the manager's son. And she hates how he's clearly infatuated with her and she doesn't want to talk to him or spend time with him at all but feels obligated to be polite with him because of the job. Now, with knowledge from later on in the game, do you think that was her or her uh, her shadow self? Well, I, I think it doesn't matter because yeah. it, either way, it's, it is what she thought. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you, you meet Yosuke's shadow. And you have a sweet fight with a cartoon, like a, almost like a Super Sentai villain uh, character, character, caricature of Yosuke. So what does Yosuke's shadow have to say for himself? Uh, He says that he was only interested in coming because this is something that's exciting, exciting to do. And he can break the, the, the dull, the dullness of living in a small town. And he thought that, hey, investigating a murder would be a a cool thing to do on a rainy afternoon. Yosuke says, that's ridiculous. I don't feel that way at all. And the the shadow laughs at him and becomes a boss. You fight. Yep. He's not not terribly difficult. It's like your your second fight in the game. Yeah, this is very much teaching you how to exploit enemy weaknesses and such. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you pop out, and you talk to Yosuke, and you, together with Teddy, decide that this is a very true aspect of Yosuke's character, and that rejecting it and suppressing it is what makes it pop up so much stronger and fiercer. Yeah, which is is what gives the shadow its power and desire to to kill. Um, And so Yosuke comes to terms with the fact that he does sort of harbor those feelings even if he doesn't even if he's ashamed of them they are a part of him and the the shadow becomes his persona jiraiya uh jiraiya he is he is a uh, a wind caster wind element yeah so uh, obviously the uh the metaphor is there that accepting that side of yourself leads to a leads to becoming a stronger and more whole person so your your character is uh is i guess a fire caster right no I guess he's, yeah, he's, he's an Aggie, is, is, has uh, Aggie, right, as a fire spell. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's sort of more of a more of a physical. So there are a couple different elements in the combat system. There's fire, ice, electric, and wind. And then there are physical strikes. And then light and dark. Which I've only, yep. I've only seen those as very low RNG insta-kills. That's all they are. Okay. There are no, there are no light or dark attacks. That, and then there's almighty. Which is uh, neutral damage. Hmm. It, uh, it, nothing, nothing resists uh, Almighty, but nothing is weak to Almighty. It is, it is just like strong neutral damage. So you, you, you agree to help Teddy solve this mystery about who is throwing people into the television. You conclude that clearly what happened here was Saki encountered her shadow, much like Yosuke encountered his, but because... Because they, she didn't she, have she a did not... mascot teddy bear character to guide her 
well, you only are able to fight these guys because you have a persona. Mm. It's a thing that manifests out of you. And it's not entirely explained how you got this. It just shows up in the di- in a dire moment. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you uh, says, I am thou. Thou art I. I am an aspect of yourself and we're going to kill kill all these shadows. But she clearly did not have that. Her shadow killed her. So it wasn't strictly speaking murder. It was more of a... I mean, if... It was definitely somebody causing somebody else to be murdered, but by themselves. Right. I mean, if you lock a person in a room with Hmm. no food and they starve to death, did you murder them? (laughs) It's it's very much like that. Hmm. The the murder weapon was yourself. Yeah. So this is... And this is the the main theme of this game, is reaching out to discover the truth, uh, both in terms of what's going on and the truth about yourself as a person. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I wish that I could say that the characters learn from this and catch up with those people in advance and maybe circumvent the whole boss fight thing by saying, look, you, you might n- be ashamed of that part of yourself, but it's important to accept it so that we don't have to have a, a super difficult boss battle. Yeah, it's it's a thing that they'll never manage to hmm. do just because of the plot. Also, like... With with the exception of this fight and the next fight, you are never in the same place as the person who has been kidnapped, right? Or has been mm-hmm. thrown to the television. Like, they are already in there and you have to go in and rescue them, so you don't have time to, to give them the rundown. Yeah, you always get there when it's just too late. And they're already saying those exact words, you are not me. By denying the existence of the shadow. So you, you leave the, the television... Chie is furious. She thought she was never <laughs> going to see you guys again. Uh, and you say, oh, well, we'll apologize to her tomorrow. Yeah. On your way home, you meet on your way home, you meet up with Yukiko, who has been helping out at the inn, and she tells you sort of about herself and her life at the inn and uh, the stress that she's under. Which of course leads to the next plot point. Yes, you go to watch the Midnight Channel again, and, and you see... It's Yukiko. What, well, you, do, you don't know that. I mean, it's it, you as the player. It's clear that it, that's who it is. But your characters say it's too fuzzy to make out. Oh, who is that? But, it's somebody wearing Yukiko's kimono. I don't know who that could be. Uh, so the next day, you form your first social link with Yosuke. And you... The, the first of many. But... You get to school and Yukiko's not there. Your immediate thought is, oh no, of course, she's the one who's kidnapped. Chie pulls out her cell phone and calls Yukiko and Yukiko is fine. So the party is really baffled. Like, we thought that if somebody appears on the TV, then they have vanished and sort of been kidnapped. But Yukiko is clearly just still at her house and perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what to make of that. I, I mean... Got lots of theories, of course. Yeah. This early in the game uh, it could really go in any direction. You also uh, sort of fill Chie in on everything that happened to the television the prior day. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts af- after school. Uh, you, you all agree to watch the Midnight Channel again. And it cuts to Dojima and his sidekick, new, new partner in, on the force, Toru Adachi, the bumbling detective. Hmm. Adachi is another comic relief character. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you think? So what what 
what do you think of these guys? Like, do you have you you didn't give uh, what your thoughts on on Chie and Yukiko and uh, and such are now that now that you've sort of seen them a little bit. Do do you have a favorite character at this point? Um, no, I don't. I don't think I have a favorite character yet. Um, I don't know if I expect many of the other social link characters to be as fleshed out as these three. They all are. Every single oh. social link character gets fleshed out. Huh. More, well, no, not all of them, but most of them. Cool. Yep. Um, well, then I'll, I'll have to explore more of those. I guess, can I, can I just not get them all in one playthrough? No, you can, you can max them all in one playthrough. On your first playthrough, it's exceedingly difficult. Hmm. Like, to the point where it's not even worth trying. But, like... You would have to you would have to follow a step by step guide mm-hmm. for the entire day, game every day. There's like a there's there's soccer club and there's baseball club or or whatever two sports, basketball, basketball, and each of those yep. has. Uh, I'm assuming each of those uh, has a character that you link with. Yes, uh, Dice Game Co. But those clubs are exclusive. Do you just is it just a, a backup way to meet them? Uh, no. Well, so, I don't... Do, which which sport did you sign up for? N- neither. I waited until the cultural clubs. Ah, well, you... So, you can sign up for one sport and one cultural club. Mm-hmm. They're not mutually exclusive right. that way. But, uh, so, the sports clubs, you, you're either with Daisuke or with, you're with Ko, but you hang out with both of them. It's the fellow athletes mm. social link, and the st- which side of the story you see... Uh, Depends on which team you're on, but you see both one, you know, you hang out with both of them regardless. It's just which one it focuses on. Okay. Uh, and for the cultural clubs, it's theater and band, and those are entirely mutually exclusive. Hmm. Um, you either meet, uh, what's, what's her name? Ayan for band or, um, Yuki? Is that what her name is for theater? I know this because I joined the drama club. Yumi? You, Yumi. Yeah, Yumi. Uh, those you you will not meet the other one in the same way that you meet both athletes, mm. but they both they are both uh, Sun Arcana, so you don't. You know, oh, okay. it's, it's just uh, it's just whichever one you choose is the one. So I I have done I did uh, band on my first playthrough, mm-hmm. and I'm doing drama now. I stuck with soccer because there's some weird flagging stuff that makes maxing out. Uh, the athletes much harder if you're on basketball. Hmm. Like you can you can miss miss stuff. Uh, like they there's a there. If you go to basketball, there's like if you want to get a certain book from one of them because you can read at night. That's another activity you can do. Oh shoot! Is that the only way to get that book? You get the book from either way, but if you pick basketball, you have to be not at a certain level of the link because. If you are, then they won't like talk to their stuff is going on for story reasons that prevent them from giving you the book uh, on the day that they normally would, and you can only get the book that one day. Huh. Whereas if you're on soccer, it doesn't have that issue. I'm looking forward to. I think I'm not going to stress out very much. I think I'm going to do all of the uh, yeah, tracking everything this, down on the game plus. Yeah, that's it's that that's what they intend. The first game, the first playthrough is very much just like you know, take things at your own pace, hang out with the people you want to hang out with. See the story unfold as you, you know, as you would. I uh, so far I've read two books to completion. Eventually, you do get a book that lets you read it tw- read twice as fast, which is very useful. Oh, nice! Uh, you don't get that until like three quarters of the way through, hmm. but it's uh, it's a very useful book. 
and reading is just another way to like raise your stats, your social stats in some way, or or learn new things. Yeah, I found a pickup artist's guide. It raises your courage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but you read that and felt like a man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're back. Back to the story. You, what, you said you liked Adachi, right? Mm-hmm. He's a he's a funny guy. He he definitely is the jokester to Dojima's straight man. In their yeah. in their buddy cop movie. So far, I just sort of pity him for their for his part in their relationship. Dojima's not particularly nice to him. No, but he does invite him over for dinner. Yeah, I think that was more a mistake than anything else. Like, oh, let's swing by my house so that I can make sure it hasn't burned down yet. Oh, well, you're here and I'm hungry, so. So what? What the purpose of this cutscene is to show you that the police are baffled. They have absolutely no no leads on either of these murders. The, they don't even have any idea what the cause of death was. Right. So every possible suspect, whether because the the divorce the husband was uh in a different city for the past six months and has a rock solid alibi. The singer that uh the, she was involved that was involved um was overseas performing um there's no way that they were directly yeah. involved in the murder saki similarly like they they don't even know what the motive would be because she discovered the body but she had already gone to the police and told them everything so it's not like they killed her to shut her up mm-hmm. there was no they're they're just completely in the dark they're floundering and uh, adachi is very quick to just give you all of the police secrets. It's yeah, anytime you, you meet him, he's just like, yeah, here's what we're thinking. And then he thinks, <laughs> and he's, then he remembers, he's like, don't tell your uncle that I mentioned any of this oh, to yeah. you. Or like, don't tell anyone. Uh, and then you turn around the corner, turn turn the corner and immediately tell the other plot characters. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very bad cop. Yeah. But not like, he's not like a mean cop. He's just like bad at his job, I guess. <laughs> he's a good person, but a bad cop. Whereas... Uh, Dojima yeah. is a, a good cop and a good person. He's a good cop, but like a, a a mean person. He's not mean. He's just gruff. Yeah. He clearly cares about his job and he cares about you and his daughter. He's sort of like a neglectful parent. Mm, yeah. He he leaves he leaves your cousin. She's like nine, I think. She's home alone all the time because he's always at work. And she just runs um, the house because she has to. Yeah. His his wife died in a car crash. Mm. That's yeah. So. He, he's left to be the single parent with a latchkey kid. I'm hoping, I don't know if this is this kind of story, but I'm hoping that uh, uh, at one point you'll be able to grab Dojima and throw him into the television and, <laughs> <laughs> and walk him around and say, this, this is what's happening. It's like, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be really dissatisfying from Dojima's perspective if if you nothing, solve the case. No, it's just nothing is ever solved from a, an official standpoint, and it's all just, you know, some kids. It was uh, there was a cop in Persona Three who sold we- he was your your weapons and armor vendor, <laughs> and he was just like, and you'd go to the police box, mm-hmm. and he'd just be like, "I'll sell you straight from the police stock. Just don't tell anybody." Wow. He's like, I don't fully understand what you guys are doing. But I understand that it's way above our pay grade, <laughs> so you can have equipment yeah, as long as you pay for it. And please don't be the murderers. Yeah. 
well, the, there were no murderers in three. It was a different, it was a different story. But, uh, the, the police were involved there too in a much more comical way. Hmm. You get home and you watch the Midnight Channel. And this time, for the first time ever, it is like clearly a television program. You can see Yukiko clearly. She is dressed as a princess and she says she's gonna go, uh, gonna go find her, her Prince Charming in this castle of love. Like really lewdly, mm. you know, she's 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 like really vulgar about it. Not like explicit, but she says, "I'm wearing my lacy unmentionables uh. and I'm stacked." She, she's she's very, she's like playing up the sexuality aspect of of the princess character. And this 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 very much goes against the character that you know. So maybe by this point, you're wondering if uh, if this is what that character is hiding. So you you vow that you're going to crack this case and. You discover the next day that Yukiko is missing for real. Mm-hmm. This is this is where you uh, you you get pulled in by the police for swinging your swords around, <laughs> and uh, Adachi accidentally spills all the beans about what they think. Yeah, he's the one who tells you that Yukiko is missing, and they're not sure if it's related to the events of the case or not. But because the first murder victim was staying at Yukiko's inn, it's potentially uh, connected. You you go you get access to this is you also get access to the the weapons and armor shop at this point which the blacksmith is really weird uh, it's it, like that I, is that blacksmith from any of the other games because he seems really out of place like it's it's nope that that whole shop is straight out of an entirely different time period yep it's just he's just a local blacksmith. And he's willing to sell dangerous weapons to children because they asked him to. He's yeah, like, oh, yeah, your, your, uh, your style in art is that it be concealable under school uniforms, huh? Well, I don't ask questions. You also uh, get to go back to the Velvet Room at this point. Oh, yeah. You meet Igor and uh, his assistant, Margaret, again, and they explain personas and persona fusion to you and sort of all of the mechanics that we went over. And then you have to leave and then immediately go back so that you can talk to Marie like she's a person. Yeah, Marie is, a, is the other helper, but she, she is the girl that you met on, your, like, the very first person that you met, right? Uh, when you got off the trade. That weird girl with the cool hat. Yep. Um... Like the like the cowboy in Mulholland Drive. So you go you go back into the TV world. Chie comes with you this time. She has vowed to help Yukiko because she says that on the TV it looked like Yukiko, but it wasn't. Yukiko won't talk like that. She'd never say that she's going to score herself a hot stud. And so you you go into the Teddy. Teddy leads you to the castle that Yukiko is in. He's like, this is not normal. This is not normally here. Mm-hmm. But it has it has popped up. He's hinted a little bit that these places are the... I'm extrapolating a little bit, but these places are manifestations of the subconsciouses of those people. Yeah. So you get you get like a... a the, the dungeon, you, you know, it's, as, as we said, it's a procedurally generated uh, dungeon crawler and you're looking for the stairs. It's almost kind of like a roguelike. I mean, it's not turn-based in its movement or anything, but it is just procedurally generated dungeon floors that you're looking for stairs to the next level. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how future dungeons match up to this one. Like, if it's just reskinned it's just or this. there are... Yeah, it's just reskinned. Okay. So, like, you walk down a hallway, there could be a door on the left or the right, or you could keep going straight. 
it could be that the 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 what's the word the required path is through one of those doors or straight down the hallway. I haven't found any. There's no pattern. pattern. Yeah, so you yeah. just explore until you find the stairs. In later dungeons, there are like locked doors that you'll need to find keys for and stuff, but it never it never gets really complicated. Yeah, there's, you're just running through proc gem levels. There's one of those on like floor five or six or something. You've got to go fight the the knight. There's like a weird puzzle where you have, that you have to get through on that floor, where like if you walk in a certain direction, it teleports oh, you back. Yeah, but yeah. So, but before any of that, you you meet Chie's shadow. Mm-hmm. She has a bit of a meltdown because of what she's hearing from uh... from Yukiko's yeah. voiceover in the. Uh, you you hear Yukiko's voice as you move through the dungeon, and it it, it at one point says that like. She relies on Chie. She's weak and Chie is strong. She is nothing compared to Chie and feels worthless all the time. And Chie's shadow shows up and it's like, what a joke. <laughs> that's all that, That's all garbage. Like, Yukiko is way better than I am. All the guys drool over her. She's so feminine, but she's jealous of me and that, I, like, that gives me such a charge. Like, I've... The, like a weird, like, codependent, abusive relationship. Yukiko, so good looking, so fair skinned, so feminine. She's the one all the guys drool over. When Yukiko looked at me with such jealousy, man, did I get a charge out of that. Yukiko knows the score, she can't do anything if I'm not around. I'm better than her. Much, much better. It's refreshing how... Hmm. How quick this game is to... How quick this story is to get to the the underlying bones of a character. Yeah. Like you, you see all of their insecurities and their jealousies and weaknesses. So you have to fight Chie's shadow, who is like a, like a BDSM yeah. dominatrix with a... Sitting on a throne made out of Yukiko's with a whip, mm. right? And once once you uh once you beat this boss, you get Chie as a full party member. Chie is a uh, uses ice magic, but she is really bad at it. Hmm. Like her her magic is very weak. She is very very strong physical attacker. Yeah, although and she fights with kicks. Unless you're her, she doesn't <laughs> because she likes kung fu. It's uh, I like that her weapon. Unlike, unlike everybody else's, like, yeah. you have a sword and Yosuke has daggers and she has boots. She has her kicks. Uh, unless you have been playing the fusion game pretty heavily, you probably don't have a way to deal ice damage yet. Well, she's weak to fire because she is ice element, right? Yeah, that's going to be really important for a, a fight coming up. So uh, this is because Yukiko is, a, uh, is, is primarily fire magic. They are giving you what Yukiko is weak to mm-hmm. with Chie because she is because Chie is ice. You have fire on your starting persona if you haven't fused it away yet, so you can hit this boss for super effective damage, and then use the new character that you get from this on the final boss of this dungeon. It's very well set up. Now it's not always that it's not always a rock paper scissors system. Elementally, uh, sometimes you'll have a persona that deals fire damage but is weak to fire. Yeah. Or things like that. Also, you can add a, by fusing, you can just put any ability onto any persona. Almost, yeah. I think that there are some abilities that can't be inherited, mm. uh, especially at the very high end. Like if you get Thor, he has a signature ability, and you can't you can't put it on uh, slime. 
No, because you, I mean, you couldn't, I don't think you could get, maybe, maybe if you were really diligent, you could fuse all the way back down the slide from Thor, <laughs> by just like continually making, that would be terrible. Let us know using the contact form on our website. So yeah, uh, she's, so that you, you fight this boss, it's uh, weird, she's got really long hair, uh, and then it turns into, into Yukiko's, or into uh, Chie's persona, and the personas look like the shadow version, mm-hmm. more or less, they're very similar visually. She doesn't have a throne though. No, and her hair is not long the same way. She doesn't have the whip and the chains and stuff. At this point, Chie is just overcome. She's, she's done for the day, so you, you decide to, to head back and take a rest. Which, you know, if I were in her place, I would feel the same way. Also, she hasn't been wearing her anti-fog glasses. Yes. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention those. But uh, Teddy gives you glasses that remove the fog from, your, from the, the TV world. Yeah. Let you see where you're going. And also the, uh, this, I don't know, nausea. It, this place drains you if you're not wearing those glasses. He says that this is not a place that people are supposed to be. I'm sure that those are analogous for some psychological tool of examination. Like they're supposed to represent. Well, have you seen They Live? No. Oh, okay. I was gonna, well, then I, then it won't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, you, you uh, at school the next day, you establish your S-Link with Chie. Mm-hmm. And you cannot use it again. You cannot advance it until you've rescued Yukiko. She is so worried about her best friend that she will not spend time with you until you complete the dungeon. And she is, she is just a door to the food court. Yep, you have to. You go to Juness to go into the TV world. You always use the same flat screen TV. Yeah, because going into different TVs could lead to drastically different locations in the shadow world. I don't know if that's going to be explored. That's a that would be a cool vector. For exploration. Probably not a necessary one, though. Like, I wouldn't miss it. It would be cool. You asked GA for her phone number. Uh, did you Did you ask her straight out, or did you huh. say it was for the investigation? I asked her straight out, and then I was told that I didn't have a high enough courage. So I asked her straight out with the scaffolding of the investigation. I, uh, I asked her straight out, and she was just like, whoa, maybe you are my type. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that in New Game Plus? Yeah. You're just like... Yo, can I have your number? She's like, whoa. She's, she's like, she's like, she's into it. She's like, I like, I like your your fourth your fourthness. <laughs> there was there was one thing there was there's one choice that I made. Uh, it didn't broadcast this at all, but it turned out to be the offer to show her your dick choice. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, hmm, when hmm. was that? I don't remember that. Uh, I think that was after Yukiko came back. She was like, oh man, I, I'm so embarrassed that you saw my deepest, darkest place. And you say something like, uh, we're all like that. And Yosuke says something about uh, uh, his experiences. And you have the option to bear it all. Okay, that's not literally what that means, though. Mm, the response is, whoa. <laughs> uh, you know. So at this point, you have until the 30th to rescue Yukiko. It is currently uh, April 18th. So you have about two weeks of game time where you could basically just, you know, you, you have until the 30th. If you if it hits the 30th and she's not rescued, it's game over. I used it all. You, you waited until the last day? Yeah, I, uh, I tried going in and just got wiped out by each successive floor being two or three times harder than the previous one. 
The combat in this game is no joke. Mm-hmm. Like the, especially early, you become wildly overpowered very fast after this dungeon. But it's it's rough going. You very much need to be using your fusion system. You need to be taking advantage of weaknesses. Yeah, they throw you in the deep end because you can't you can't win without really like grasping the mechanics. <laughs> so it's like an atlas game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what you do with this time, like we're not going to go over. We're going to have an episode where we talk about all of the S-links in terms of those individual stories mm. uh, at the end. But that's sort of what you're doing this time. You're building up your social links and your money and gear, and you can go in and just train in the in the shadow world to once, level up. Once you're in the shadow world, you can stay there as long as you want, and it yes. t- only takes up an afternoon. Right. But... Uh, you will eventually have to leave because you will run out of health. Mm-hmm. You can't heal. Yeah, you, you can only heal at this point there uh, with spells that you know or with consumables. I, and your spells will eventually you'll run out of mana. I so. found a way around that in my uh, in my final run where I had to get it done that day or not at all. I uh, I used one of the escape ropes. The go ho. <laughs> yes, I went back in at floor one and just did uh, sweet bonus over and over again. And uh, a surprising yeah, amount of those chests slow. have uh, SP restoration items. You can just go infinitely, but it's very, very tedious to build yourself back up that way. I, it was surprisingly uh, easy going. Like I only spent 20 or 30 minutes doing that, going from first floor, second floor, third floor, second floor. I built up a lot of chest keys too. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was strong enough, I went to the eighth floor and then down to the seventh floor, down to the sixth floor, and just cleared those floors. And I had to, I had to grind a lot. Huh. I that's unusual. I tried to. I, I think I just made. I feel like I made the wrong choices. Like I, I, I read a book which made it so that anytime I studied, I got extra knowledge. You spent your, you spent the day studying instead of the night studying. No, like uh, I would spend the like evening. Like you went reading. to the library. No, yeah, but I mean, like going to the library in the afternoon. Yes. To study when you could study at night. I did that. Uh, if you go to the library on a rainy day, you get fifty uh, percent oh, more knowledge, or yeah. however the the numbers are invisible. It's almost never. It's, I, I think it's never worth that though. Mm. Versus raising somebody's social link. With that time. Yeah, I think that was only... It was raining and Chie and Yosuke were both occupied and Marie wasn't out because it was raining. What I do on rainy days uh, is I go to the beef bowl shop mm. because they, they have a, they have a 3,000 yen beef bowl special there. Wow. Uh, that raises raises three stats rando- uh, chosen randomly. I'm going to start doing that. And if you eat there eight times, you get a bowl. <laughs> um, and if you finish it, you have to have a maximum in every stat to finish it. Ha. But if you finish it, it's on the house. Because it's uh, it's so much meat that you think that your bowl is a portal to the meat dimension. <laughs> oh, I found another one of those. It was uh, some red miso that had gone bad. It's just a whole bunch of stuff to do there, yeah. You go back to Yukiko's castle. Uh, yeah, there's so much stuff in this game. There's so many good jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, one-off, one-off environmental jokes that your your character just makes an observation wryly about whatever's going on. <laughs> it's it's good. Um, so yeah, you you go to Yukiko's castle, Chie and and Yosuke fully ready to fight. There is a mid boss, uh, a knight that you have to fight that Yukiko six on you. Doesn't seem very thematically related. It's just sort of 
Well, it's a ca- it's a castle. It's one of the knights. I mean, okay, yeah, literally thematically, but like it doesn't seem to tie into the story at all. Other than here's 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 more fight. It's just a mid boss. You take it down, but Yukiko has vanished. Um, during this period, whether depending on you know this this happens independent of when you're doing the castle, but uh, on the nineteenth, Margaret calls your cell phone. You're like, where did you get my number? <laughs> Uh, you also we talked about clubs earlier, but at the, you know in here you you choose a sports club, you choose a uh, cultural club in here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have class every day. Oftentimes you will have a quiz in class, like they will just ask you a trivia question that you just either know or you don't. Sometimes it was in the lecture, but a lot of times it's just not. About half the time, it seems, the teacher will ask your friend. Uh, and and you're, be like, you're, crap, I don't know the your answer. friend will ask you, and if you give them the right answer, your relationship with them goes up. They're happy with you. You get a knowledge point or whatever. So once you reach the top of Yukiko's castle, uh, Yukiko is there with her shadow. The sh- It turns out that the princess was the shadow all along. <laughs> she is worried that she needs to rely on someone stronger than her to take her away from this place, or she'll just be... She'll, her entire life has just been decided for her. And she's not strong enough on her own to break out of that. Yep. She really, she doesn't want to take over her family's end. She feels like everything is dictated for her and she has no control over her own destiny. So she just wants to, to run away. She wants, to, she wants a, a prince to come and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Historic inn? Manager training? I'm sick of all these things chaining me down! I never asked to be born here. Everything's decided for me, from how I live to where I die. I'm so sick of it. To hell with it all. I just want to go somewhere far away. Anywhere but here. Who could that prince be? <laughs> Definitely Chie. Well, the, she even says that. She was like, Chie was a good prince for a while, but mm. she's not strong enough to, to get me out of here. Oh, and that's, uh, uh, and that's when Teddy comes along. The mascot. Teddy is the prince. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in the battle, she will summon a prince character who is, uh, looks like a, a mustacheless version of one of the monsters that you've come across. Yukiko's shadow is a phoenix inside, it's a, inside of a cage. It's a very, very like, obvious visual metaphor, caged bird, mm-hmm. based on her, her anxieties. And it is weak to weak to ice, and the uh, the gimmick, in addition to having this prince that it summons who will heal her, uh, is that she casts fear. And uh, she has a move that, if you are feared, does massive, all basically lethal damage to you. Mm. She is uh, she is totally immune to status effects. Yep. Yeah, I found that out the hard way. I, f- I feel like this is the hardest fight in the game mm-hmm. for me in terms of bosses I, when I was playing through the first time. I didn't have that order of moves. She would always use the the fire area attack and then the fear attack, which doesn't have a very high hit rate. No, it does not. And then they were just, they were fine by the time she was back around. She doesn't always follow up her, her fear cast with the huge damage nuke. Mm. It's just that if she casts it and you're feared, then... Yeah, she, her strategy is is bad. Her uh, she always gets to chain those attacks though because her area fire attack is as long as it hits Chie, it knocks her down. 
because she's weak to fire, yes. and then... Uh, but you, you can have... So if your character chooses to defend for their turn, if they get hit by their weakness, they do not get knocked down, and the enemy does not get a... Oh, I... You know, I learned that, and then it just never... Uh, this this is integral to winning <laughs> basically every fight in the rest of the game after this dungeon. All right, uh, the prince you can whittle away at his health, but he's got a move that, uh, or it might have been uh, Yukiko who is doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, but one way or another, he's just got his, his evasion is crazy high. So he is weak to wind, and she is weak to ice. This is a change, actually. This is what like the most changed boss. Hmm. from the original in the original she had no weakness and he was weak to ice and she had a completely different move set and half as much health Mm. Um, she was much harder in this game they gave her a weakness and they made her move set much more easy to deal with and then they gave her like twice as much health to compensate it's still way easier yeah once she gets down to about 30 percent health the uh the prince will run away if he's not dead yet and she'll try to summon him back if he won't show up. <laughs> she'll just, she'll be so sad. Yeah. She also has a spell called White Wall, which will uh, negate her weakness to ice. Mm-hmm. So it is, so unless uh, this has worn off, I think it lasts three turns. Yep. The only way that you'll be able to knock her down is with a crit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was, I, I had Medea by this point through Oberon. So I was just being very liberal with uh, the uh, the attack the 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 HP cost attacks mm-hmm. on the team. Physical attacks do not cost MP to use, or physical skills. You know, a regular a regular attack is free, yeah. but uh, if you want to use a skill that is a physical skill, it, you cast from HP for those. I hadn't quite caught onto the fact that she was immune to status ailments, so I was trying Skullcracker and uh, the the one that causes fear. There's one that causes panic and one that causes fear. Yeah, but. Without even without that, those are pretty high damage. So after this is over, Yukiko comes to terms with the side of her that she wanted to reject. I want to run away. I want someone to save me. You're right. Those feelings are part of me too. She and Chie have this like really emotional reconciliation where they acknowledge that they both need each other. <laughs> Friendship is a two-way street, and they and they they help compensate for each other's weaknesses, and. The day is saved. <laughs> Yukiko does not remember anything about how she got into this place. There was a, a doorbell, and then she went to answer the door, and then she doesn't that's, know what was on Yeah, the that's all she remembers. <laughs> that, that's basically it for this, for this arc. Um, there are a couple other, other events that are scripted that happen in this period, like uh, Adachi comes over for dinner. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. What happens to all of the events if you just go and save Yukiko on the first night? All of the events still happen. It just uh, So what happens is, if you rescue somebody early, they spend the time until the deadline recovering. And oh, okay. So the story remains up. Yeah, it's... Uh, so she doesn't, so they're, they're still missing, though? No, the, the game... Like, the characters, the next day, acknowledge that, they're, that they've been found, everything is fine, okay. but that they are, like, sick. From their time in the television world. Yeah, they weren't wearing glasses. Yep, they need to take that time to recover. And so, ironically, the shorter amount of time that they spend in the TV, the longer they need to recover. <laughs> because uh, because of the, the mechanics of this. Uh... Hmm. Yep. Now, I guess the biggest mechanical change in this stretch would be that 
you can start uh, pushing forward Chie's S-Link. Yep, you can start hanging up. Now that, now that Chie is not worried about Yukiko anymore, uh, you, can, she, you can start hanging out with her the same way you hang out with your club friends or with uh, Yosuke. Or can you hang out with Nanako at this point yet? No, I still can't. Nope, okay. I keep trying, though, and uh, my character keeps saying, right, yeah, I should leave her, alone. leave her alone. Yeah. So the last day, Yukiko, on the 30th, Yukiko is, is recovered. You, you all go to the Juness food court and try to figure out what happened. And Adachi comes by and tells you that the police <laughs> still have no idea what's going on. And you give him some ideas. And uh, Teddy gives Yukiko the better version of the glasses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah some the, Groucho the, Marx. The Groucho Marx version of the glasses, yep. It's also, Golden Week is coming up, so you you resolve to go on a vacation with your uncle and uh, Nanako. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, that is where this ends. That's what happens on the 30th. Golden Week is just starting. You're planning your vacation. There's another mechanic that I'm interested in exploring. Uh, every time you go to the counter in the, in the kitchen... It says, oh, well, if there was some food in the fridge, maybe you could prepare something. Yep. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, there's no way to make that happen. Uh, uh, there, will, there will be. But while planning the Golden Week trip, Nanako and Dojima both decide that you'll be the one preparing all of the food for the trip. So, uh, oh, yeah, it's your job <laughs> to make the box lunch. So uh, that's, that is the first dungeon of Persona 4 Golden, Yukiko's Castle. Yeah. What are your what are your impressions of this game? Is it is it as good as you hoped? I tried as hard as I could to go in with no expectations. Um, yeah, I I gave you some like very general tips. Yeah, like push Marie's S-Link forward as hard and as fast as you can. Yeah, uh, you have until like the end of December to do it, so it doesn't need to be as fast as possible. But make sure just you know don't neglect it. Marie is a new character. Marie was not in the original. Ah, uh, she's 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 an oddball. Yeah, the original adds. Two new social links. It adds Marie and Adachi. Adachi was in the original as a character. He just wasn't available as a as a link. Ah. So they added. They they made it so you could hang out with him. Nice. Flesh him out a bit. Yep. He's a fun guy. He has the same voice actor as uh, you. Huh. But you only talks when he's getting hit in combat, or summoning a persona, or in cutscenes. Persona. He talks way more in the other games. Oh yeah, he's just he just exists in those, doesn't he? He's not in. Three? He is not in three, although in the PSP remake of three, if you play as the female character, you do come to Inaba and meet uh, <laughs> Yukiko. It's three years before, so she's still in middle school. You meet, meet baby Yukiko. Huh. Um, but there is a segment later in this game where you go to the, the wor- area of the world map from Persona 3 and just like a bunch of the environments hang out there for a while. Cool. Which it's, it's just a huge... Huge callback, uh, which is really fun, and you will be lost on you. <laughs> there are references to just like all of these games take place in the same setting, and there are characters that reoccur. Um, the, there are three other, four other games that have Yunarukami as either the protagonist or co protagonist. Uh, how many of those are rhythm games? One. <laughs> just, just one. The other two are the fighting games, hmm. which are, those are actual visual novels. Like, those are visual novel, visual novels. Fighting games. 
where occasionally they make you do a fight. <laughs> but it, it in the sequel, in the second one, you literally can just tell the game, I don't want to do the fights, win them for me, and it will. Cool. You can just play it as a visual novel, which is nice. Like, I appreciate that. I don't know if we'll do those uh, on this show, but the, yeah, this this is a continuing story. This is this is very much like a, th- a story, while, while Persona 4 is complete unto itself, these characters do continue for, for some time. Do you think that Persona 6 is going to have double the number of sales as Persona 5? Oh man, Persona 5 sold like a million something copies, so who knows? Hmm. Yeah, so what are, what are your impressions of the game overall? Like, are you are you enjoying it? Like, is, is it good? Yeah. You got through real, like, really fast. Like, in two days, you got through all of this. Hmm. It's it's definitely the sort of game I found where, like, you sit down and you just are like, oh, I'll play play a, de- a day, and then a day, and then a day, and then a day, and then you, <laughs> you don't realize how much time any, all of those days take, uh, and then you realize t- that you've been playing for five hours. Uh, I've been feeling down on JRPGs lately. I, I don't know if they can, even with gimmicks, make up for a flawed core gameplay, which is has nothing to do with player skill, just with player time investment. Yeah. But I like how it's only a third of the game in Persona, where the rest of the time I can go hang out with buds and do some plays in the theater club. And it's very much about this. All the systems are tied together in a really satisfying way. Yeah. Like being able to. And like not just mechanically, but like narratively, the stuff that you're doing a lot like makes sense in the story. Why the mechanics of the game work the way they do. Yeah. Three is even better at that. Hmm. But it's also like way rougher. Yeah. How about, uh, how about Persona 1? How about uh, Shin Megami Tensei If? Is that how that went? Uh, if was <laughs> like just fights as far as I can recall. The The gameplay of the, of 1 and 2 is completely different. The social stuff was not in that game at all. It was just a straight JRPG. Hmm. So most of four is uh, based on Jungian psychology. All of the the entire franchise is. Okay, okay, okay. I was wondering if they were you know, exploring different uh, different branches. Nope, it's all based on the the Jung, Carl Jung. All right. Well, I, do you have do you have any other any other thoughts, or should we wrap this episode? This was a long longer episode than normal because we went over all the mechanics. I think that future episodes will probably be closer to an hour. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Yeah. Although, as you know, as the story gets more packed, maybe maybe they'll they'll start creeping up there in length again. What is the uh, what's the next span that we're looking at? So we're looking at uh, I guess April thirtieth to June fifth, which the end of the next dungeon, which is uh, long enough for us to rescue Nanako, right? The the inevitable next damsel. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Hmm. All those times that she just looks straight into the camera and sings the Junez theme. Every day is great at your Junez. There's gotta be something there. I, I skip it. I listen to all the voice acting. I skip those parts. It's the best part. <laughs> Every day, young life, Junez Sue. Uh, young, eh? Um, uh, do we have any special guests to look forward to, or are we uh, not able to reveal those yet? No, we can't. We can't talk about those yet. Although... Our next episode, which we'll have a guest, so. <laughs> uh, if you have thoughts about Persona 4, Golden, or for the Persona franchise in general, we would love to hear them. Mm-hmm. We will, if we get enough of them, we will do an entire episode of Listener Mail, but we will try and read those, you know, read them on, on the show. So if you have thoughts about a second dungeon, you, you know what it is during that day span, ideally. 
uh, or the game in general, please email them to us, contact at redpagespodcast.com or go to redpagespodcast.com and fill out our contact form there and we'll send us an email. Yeah. And uh, these, these all of our podcasts are in the uh, Creative Commons license that is share-alike, attribution, and non-commercial. Yep. We will never charge for any of our podcasts. However, this podcast in particular was made possible uh, financially by our Patreon backers. Uh, if, if that interests you, if you are a, a person who would be interested in supporting us financially even a little bit, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, we understand if you can, but if you are, you can get stuff like access to our Slack channel where our listeners talk about the shows and the games and hang out with us, or even, you know, some fancier stuff like physical stuff, merchandise that we send out uh, every quarter, and that is at patreon.com slash redpagespodcast. And we really, we really do appreciate our backers. We know that, you know, times are tough. People don't have a lot of money to just throw around. So any anytime somebody decides that we are worth it, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think that's it. Well, what, what do we have to say to our listeners at the end of this inaugural Golden Pages podcast? Probably, I am thou. How I die. And we are all together. <laughs> goo 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 jube. <laughs> <laughs>